The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you here, but let me tell you, I am the most excited to have uh, our guest today. He is the first, I think pretty sure, three-time guest appearance on the show, Mr. Brian Briscoe, who is the founder and principal of Streamline Capital, fellow podcaster, and the founder of Tribe of Titans. A lot of titles. Brian, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Cody. Very much appreciate it. And uh, we got to get you back on my podcast. We are working too. on it. I promise you. It was it was a pleasure being on your last one. It was a lot of fun. I learned a ton. Uh, I always learn a ton listening to it as well. So we really, really appreciate the invite and we will definitely get back on. Uh, for awesome. those that maybe missed you the last time that maybe haven't caught up with you, you have a great presence online. I love what all the stuff you put out there. But just in case they're hearing your voice, seeing your face for the first time, love a good origin yeah. story where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what are you doing these days? So born and raised in the Salt Lake City area, you know, I'm I'm a Utah grad, and that's, people who know me know that, uh, you know, Saturdays, you know, during football season, that's that's what my day revolves around, you know, so everything's planned around the the Utah football game, you know, so, um, so big, big Utah fan, um, two degrees from the University of Utah, I wanted to be a college professor, at one point, you know, and I really looking back at it, I like teaching and I was good at math. And as a 20 something year old person who really didn't know what they wanted to do when they grew up, I thought, well, I like teaching. I'm good at math. I want to be a math professor. Right. So got into a PhD program. And like a week after I started the PhD program was September 11th. And, um, started rethinking life, you know, really that, that, that really sent shockwaves and the, the shockwaves from that event really impacted me. Um, so I went active duty in the Marine Corps, which, uh, was, was not on the radar on September 10th. You know, it was something that wasn't even a thought in my mind, but, uh, went active duty and I, I spent 20 years on active duty. Turns out that uh, I, I didn't really want to be that math professor and uh, never wanted to go back to that. Um, but spent 20 years on active duty. I retired. Um, I mean, it's, it's November 22 right now. So, um, I retired just over a year ago, um, after 20 years of service. And along the way, I started picking up single family homes, you know, the, the military lifestyle, you know, the, the shortest we ever lived in one spot was nine months, you know, but uh, typically two to three years was our average tour length. But uh, you'd pick up and move and then you'd live there for two to three years and you'd pick up and move. And so I started at first, you know, I wanted to buy a house. That's that's the standard. You know, what everyone tells you buy a house, gain some equity. I'm like, man, I can't do this. And so I, I came up with the idea of every time I move, I'm going to try to buy a house. OK, and so that was my my MO. That's what I started trying to do. And that got me into real estate. You know, fast forward 10 or 15 years, you know, um, I'm sitting you know, 2017 time frame. I have a handful of single family homes and I, I can see the potential there. And I know that I'm not going to stay in the Marine Corps forever at this point. You know, I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I start looking at how can I scale it? And, but the answer wasn't move by a house, move by a house. I, that's not scalable. And so landed on apartments, um, got into a coaching program 
and uh, you know paid paid quite a bit for it. And I, I think for me it was definitely worth it. Um, and and from there started buying apartments is, is the answer. And um, it really was my exit plan. I I knew that exiting the Marine Corps, I wanted to be um, involved in in multifamily real estate. And so for the last two and a half, three years of of my active duty. I was working nights and weekends on real estate, you know, nine to five, or actually the Marine Corps, seven to four thirty, um, sixteen thirty if you're a military guy. But um, yeah, right. And so that's that's basically what happened. I used two and a half years, nights and weekends, and every day off that I took was, you know, um, driving from you know the DC area down to South Carolina, close to where you're at, looking at apartments, managing apartments, buying apartments, whatever. But uh, that's that's basically you know where I came from, how I got into it. Well, listen, like I said, uh, first and foremost, thank you for your service, wonderful career, and we appreciate what you did. Uh, you know, I think we talked about this off camera one of the last times too. We, we, both of us had almost a similar, similar trajectory coming out of college. I was going to be a high school math teacher and a, a high school football coach, um, and you were going to be a professor. Just that next level, that that math was whew, that got tough. Um, but, yeah. you know, it's interesting because I think I love hearing origin stories. I love yours. Uh, I love everyone's that comes on because everyone brings a unique background. Everyone comes at this from a different angle. Uh, you know, real estate, something you could get into early in your life or later in your life. It really doesn't matter as long as you dedicate the time, the effort to educate yourself and put put the work it needs in there. Um but Brian, as you know, this shows a little bit about something else. I would love to just sit here and riff on all the yeah. great stuff you guys are you've you've really been doing and had going on. But talk a little bit something different about one of your maybe unsuccessful journeys or failures that you've had along the way, and help educate myself and the audience as well. Jeez, you know that's and this is. I really like you. That's why I keep on coming back. <laughs> I'm glad uh, someone yeah. does. <laughs> It's it's so easy to talk about you know the the good things, but uh, you know I, I think a lot of people who've been following me know that that I left a partnership recently, and I think that was uh, um, that that was hard for me. It was it was something that was difficult. I mean, deciding to leave the partnership you know by itself was difficult, but um, you know picking up and moving on afterwards was was extremely difficult. You know, so. I think a lot of people who are brand new in this business, you know, especially when you're in the coaching program and, you know, I've, I've been on the fringes of a lot of coaching programs and they all kind of say the same thing, you know, find a partner, buy a property, you know, find a partner, buy a property. And I think a lot of people jump into, you know, what I call hasty partnerships, you know, it's just like, you know, they're, they're convenient partnerships and, um, you know, I, I jumped into a, a convenient partnership and, you know, the, the partners that I had were incredibly talented people. They did, you know, what they did extremely well, but I, I think we had different visions of what we wanted. I think we were going in different directions at the same time, you know? So, um, you know, that, that for me, I'm not going to say, I'm never going to say it was a mistake because, you know, we, we did a lot of really, really cool things, but, you know, that there started being some friction, you know, in, in the partnership over, you know, deals and how we're handling things and how we're managing things. And, um, you know, once, once again, there, there was nothing like nobody was doing anything illegal, shady, underhanded, dishonest. It's just, you know, we were going different directions. And I think at, at some point it became you know, really obvious that, 
I mean, I, I don't know why I didn't see this earlier, but when I when I started looking back at it, when I when I made the decision to leave and I started looking back, I think the warning signs were were there, you know, shortly after we came together, you know. So but you know, there there was so much of this, you know euphoria around there like yeah we got our first property under contract yay we got our second property under contract you know and there was there there was so much you know momentum going on that you know i think a lot of it was just you know um we i didn't recognize that we were going different directions you know and we wanted different things so um yeah really i, I think when when you look at the the biggest lesson learned I don't think there's anything wrong with getting in a partnership of convenience to get your first deal. You, you know, I think for, for most people, that's probably the best thing to do. But, you know, looking back at it, you know, I, I was, I was really too busy with my day job to do anything else. And I remember several times thinking, you know, this works. This is the best thing for me now. This is the absolute best thing for me now. And it, and looking back at it, you know, no regrets. It was absolutely the best thing for me at the time. But, you know, after I retired and, um, you know, me moving across the country, all of our properties were in South Carolina and Georgia. And I moved to Idaho. Right. That did uh, um, probably probably wasn't a good thing for the partnership. But uh um, it was, it was, it was a good thing for the family and that's, that's more important, but end, end of the day, I think really, you know, I, I, I struggled with the decision to leave. Um, and, and once again, I struggled with, you know, picking up the pieces after leaving and, you know, trying to keep plowing ahead, doing what I wanted to do. I want to ask kind of a, a two, two, two for question, if you will, the, cause what comes to mind are, are two real big things. One being, it, looking back, and, and as you mentioned, partnerships out of convenience are, may not necessarily be a bad thing. And at the time, they could be really good. But as you kind of morph and evolve and grow in your career in real estate, they can change, right? People change, things change, market changes, a lot of things. One, part A of this is, looking back, is there one thing that you would have asked or tell people to ask going, looking to go into partnerships that would maybe help them uh, understand, is this a partnership out of convenience or is this something that truly could be built to last knowing that, you know, again, everything changes. And then part B of that is, would you give people looking to do partnerships the idea of, hey, maybe structure two different entities as a joint venture. So then it's maybe easier to segregate those things on the back end, not necessarily planning an exit, but also just having that parachute just in case you got to pull the ripcord. Yeah, I, I I do think, you know, to your, to your last comment, we didn't do that very well. We didn't, I mean, we, we were all, you know, Four Oaks, Four Oaks Capital. It was uh, it was kind of like the all for one, one for all type, you know, mentality. And and we didn't plan an exit at all. And so we had an operating agreement and, you know, the operating agreement had some sort of language about the exits. But when we started looking at, you know, OK, now there, there was actually two of the original partners that were leaving at the same time, me and one other. When we started looking at what the what that operating agreement said, you know, all of a sudden it was just like this isn't going to work, you know. And, you know, the people who were leaving looked at that and said it wasn't work. And the people who were staying looked at that and said, this isn't going to work, you know. And so 
Yeah, I mean, there, there were. I, I think when you get into these these agreements, yes, you should have some sort of exit plan built in, you know. And we talked briefly about the exit plan, but we didn't really put a lot of effort into it. You know, we never really thought it through. Um, you know, and this this is a little different. This wasn't the operating agreement on a specific property. This was an operating agreement on a company. And then the way we structured things is the company was the general partner on all of the properties, you know? And so, you know, if I'm leaving the company, what does that mean? You know, what is, what is my, you know, what, what, what is my equity in the company equal, you know, and things like that. And so we, we had to do a lot of, you know, figuring out, you know, what, what's my equity in the company worth and, Oh, by the way, you know, it's, it's like we're property rich, cash poor, you know, we, we didn't have, you know, the, the amount of money in the bank to be able to do a buyout, you know? So yeah, there, there was a lot of, you know, wheeling and dealing and figuring out how to do these buyouts. And we decided that when, you know, every property, we basically converted my shares in four Oaks into shares into each individual property. And that way, when the properties sell, you know, I'm essentially liquidating my four oak shares. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think I think a lot of thinking about that up front is is important. So that, that's the second question. If, if I remember right, the first question is what what do you look for going into partnerships? Um, I think the biggest thing is alignment, you know, um, and what what ended up happening with with me. And this is just kind of how things evolved. I worked at the Pentagon and COVID really threw a wrench into everything, you know, Um the, the military has a little bit more say on what military members do than any other, you know, civilian job. I mean, they literally told us, you will not leave the national capital region. Absolutely not. You know, and so, you know, at the time I was our asset manager, you know, and okay, I'm stuck in DC and we've got six or eight properties in South Carolina. How am I going to manage the assets, you know? Um, and so basically what I, I think what ended up happening for, for me is I ended up taking a role in the company that I didn't enjoy. You know, I wanted to be hands-on the apartments. I wanted to be hands-on everything. Uh, I'm not necessarily everything, but I, I wanted to be, you know, yeah, e e I wanted to either be in the, the finding the part or the, the you know, but I, I enjoyed the asset management role because, you know, somebody else would find the deal. I would come in at due diligence and I would manage it. And I, I, I enjoyed that role. I also enjoyed the acquisitions role. You know, both those roles were very hands on the apartments. And when the military came out and said, yeah, nobody's leaving the national capital region, that that was in place for about a year, um, year and a half. I actually had to get a general officer to let me go watch my daughter get married, you know, because that was that was like 15 months after. Anyway, long story short, I ended up doing a role for the company that I didn't enjoy and for me, that's where that's where things didn't work. And after a year and a half of doing things, everybody's roles were entrenched. I mean, somebody else was the asset manager and I wasn't going to just retire from the military and say, OK, I want to be back in asset management. You know, it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And yeah, so so really for me, I ended up the, the biggest thing for me is I wanted to be involved in asset management. I wanted to be involved in acquisitions, but my other partners had gotten entrenched in those jobs and, you know, there, there wasn't really a clear way to get back into where I was actively hands-on on the properties in some way, shape or form. So, 
Um, so I, I would say, you know, as far as what to what to talk about, roles, responsibilities, you know, what what this looks like, what the partnership looks like, what everybody's doing, and what direction you're going, you know. So, um, you know, what type of properties are you going to buy? You know, how are you going to grow? How are you going to scale? You know, and what different things happen? You know, so, um, yeah, and me not being hands on the properties, you know, there there are a lot of things that I couldn't control, you know, and that was just, you know, like okay, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think going in, it's it's, it's just you you've got to understand, you know, who does what, you know, what times are like, and maybe I was a little naive thinking that, uh, you know being active duty in the military, I could, you know, basically do two full-time jobs at the same time. But uh, yeah, end of the day, that that's kind of the friction points. Um, but yeah, going into it, it's, it's really long-term alignment that I think you need to to look at. And then, you know, what roles everybody's playing and make sure that's something that you're good with. Yeah, I, I would echo that. I love the idea of the long-term alignment. It, it, you know, you go to these conferences, you meet people all the time at different settings and everything and every, you know, whatever you're listening to or watching or doing whatever, right. It sounds great in the moment, but what do you, what do you want to be doing five, 10, 15 years from now? And, and does that align with the partnership that you're looking to strike? You know, if one person's all in on acquisition multifamily uh, and some, you know, maybe certain asset classes, but you want to be kind of a general uh you know, real estate investor and look at a bunch of different asset classes, maybe that clashes with each other and that doesn't really align. Maybe you want to do acquisitions and the other person wants to do acquisitions and nobody really wants to do capital raising uh, or broker relations. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to be a problem. So uh, I I love that idea, Brian. Um, You know, I, I think that's probably as as good of advice as ever and probably a good enough spot to, to wrap it up. I think for those listening that's incredibly valuable information. A lot of times, you, as you mentioned early on, you go to the programs, a lot of different coaching ones. I've been kind of adjacent to a lot of those. We went through one, uh, but they are very similar in the sense of one of the big things that come out of it is find a partner, go do it. I agree with that, but to your point, the alignment is probably the key factor that is n- not always talked about extensively. It's just find a partner that does something you don't. Well, yeah. that alignment of where you want to take the company is kind of crucial as well. So, Brian, just in case, again, people are, are, are hearing your voice for the first time, seeing your face, we want to make sure they know where to find you at. Where's the best place for people to connect with you, learn from you, and even invest with you in the future? Yeah. So, um, the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast, if you just want to hear what I think, you know, that's that's a good place to do it. Follow me on LinkedIn You know, if you want to read what I think. Um, if you're interested in learning how to do what we're doing, you know, we have this tribe of Titans educational community. Um, so reach out to me and, you know, join that. It's uh, I always give everybody a 30 month, 30 days free um, to check it out. And it's it's a sh- small subscription fee after that. If you're interested in investing passively, you know, the website streamlinecapitalgroup.com. So podcast diary of an apartment investor the tribe of titans is at the tribe of titans.info and investing information streamlinedcapitalgroup.com we'll throw all those links in the show notes and and at the comments here below for everyone to easily access brian i cannot thank you enough for joining us again it's honestly been a pleasure having you back thanks cody very much appreciate the invitation and uh, looking forward to get you back on i my promise podcast. i'll click that link and, and join hey everyone thanks for listening and joining at home we'll see everyone next time 
You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.